So, Roger Bianco, it is so good to have you in studio. You and I know each other from Leadership Program of the Rockies, which really it's an organization that uh, they select 65 students each year, and uh, they bring in national speakers to talk about the vision of the Declaration of Independence, what that meant, why is capitalism good? You know, there's been such an assault on both those things. And so it's great to come together and really kick the tires on those ideas. And um, I really learned a lot from that. So that's that's how we first met. Yeah, we met in Leadership Program of the Rockies. Uh, you were class of 2013? 2012. 2012. I was class of 2014. And I know you've talked about LPR here a lot on your show over, over the years um, as I've listened. Uh, but if you want more information, anyone out there wants more information, go to leadershipprogram.org. That's all one word, leadershipprogram.org. And uh, applications for the class now of 2020. Wow, time is flying. Hard to believe. Um, due at the end of August. Right. And so then the class kicks up in the interviews in September, class kicks in. And so a lot of this stuff that I heard, what, what I'm going to show you here on James Madison and this whole idea on property, it, it, I mean, I went through it. I was 42 years old. This is so everyone can do the math now I'm about not how old I am. Age I was when I went through. Okay, <laughs> um, but the point being, I, I mean, that, that's you know, middle aged, and I had never heard what property was considered at at the founding and mm-hmm. why that's important. And so, a lot of these ideas at the founding, I, I think it's inadequate for people who look at the founding of the country with reverence to say. Um, you know, it, it, this is these ideas are important because they were there at the founding, because the founders did it. Well, you know, the founders were just people. In fact, they recognized they were just people. That's why they structured government the way that they mm-hmm. did. They want the people to have sovereignty, but they didn't want any individual power source to be overwhelming any other individual power sources. And so they created jealousy and checks and balances the way it's mm-hmm. described. But the point being, um, because they did it isn't isn't reason enough for us to uh, revere these ideas, right? There has to be a timelessness to it. So let me just give you a story here. So my brother's an actor, uh, and I love my brother. Uh, We don't see eye to eye politically on pretty much anything other than my (laughs) libertarian bent and his libertarian bent that both coexist. But the point being, um, he he doesn't like the founding because it's old. And I've heard a lot of people say this. I've had conversations with people in airports and on airplanes um, about how it's old. The Constitution is old. And I always think that with actors and other friends of mine who are also actors, I've made the comment, well, do you ever do any Shakespeare? And they say, uh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, my brother's done every Shakespearean sonnet. He is an incredibly talented actor out of the city of Chicago. And he uh, says, yeah, I mean, you know, I've done a ton of them. I said, well, what, what about those do you like? And we, the conversation ensued that Shakespeare talks about things which are timeless, love, lust, greed, benevolence, fear, anxiety, anger, jealousy, rage, you know, all these things that apply just as they did today, as they do, as they, as, just as they do today, they applied as they did in his time. <clears throat> That's what made them timeless. Mm-hmm. I think what the founders did was governmental Shakespeare, so to speak. Uh, they did hit, it wasn't perfect, but they did hit on many things that are timeless. And this concept of property um, at the, the established the American ideal of property which I believe applies today perhaps more than it did then, just as I think the Second Amendment applies today more than it did then, not less, more. And so with with your permission, (laughs) I'm going to read from James Madison's essay on property. And I I don't know if this makes great radio, but we're going to go through and do this. Written uh, March 29th, 
1792. So the Constitution has been ratified, or they're in the fight, I think, to ratify the Constitution. Right. Um, yeah. And and they're, so we're we're uh, starting to establish the government, but still kind of drifting. And Madison comes out with this essay, very brief essay. University of Chicago publishes it. Anyone can get it online. <clears throat> and he say he talks about property this way. And so he says, quoting James Madison, the term. That this term property in its particular application means, quote, that dominion which one man claims and exercises over the external things of the world in exclusion of every other individual. End quote. He says in its larger and juster meeting, it embraces everything to which a man may attach a value and have a right and which leaves to everyone else the like advantage. So we can all have property. In the former sense, a man's land or merchandise or money is called his property. There is the definition that in the 21st century most people think of when they think of property, your car, your home, your stuff, your mm-hmm. land that you might have, farmland, whatever it is. That, that's what most people think property is. But here's where Madison brings in the American ideal of, of, of property, which is that plus, quoting James Madison again, in the latter sense, a man has a property in his opinions – and the free communication of them. He has a property of peculiar value in his religious opinions and in the possession and practice dictated by them. Now, isn't that interesting? He's mm-hmm. saying property is not just the stuff you have. Property is what's in your mind and what's in your heart. It's what you believe and it's what you think. Then he goes on. He has a property very dear to him in the safety and liberty of his person. So we have, pro- back to the discussion on what we just talked about earlier, we have property in ourselves, right? We have the right, he's establishing there a right to kind of defend yourself, among other things. He has an equal property in the free use of his faculties, so a free use of his mind, and free choice on the objects on which to employ them. So we all have a right to take our minds, create something with them, and 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 um, that that thing that we create is property. We call this. I was going to open quotes, close quotes, intellectual property. You know, you talked to mm-hmm. earlier about the the tariff issue, and and one of the centerpieces there is intellectual property. Uh, in a word, and and this this is really the key sentence of, in my opinion, of this whole essay. He says, in a word, as a man is said to have a right to his property, he may be equally said to have property. In his rights. Now, what he did there, I, in my mind, every time I read that, I think of two links, two unbreakable links of a chain. The one link is um, you, know, you have your right to your property, but but then the other link, the other the other loop comes in and it, it forms this bond where you have property in your rights, meaning the very things that you you, you have you have property in all these things, me- mental, physical, your religious opinions, all and your rights. You have property in your rights, which means those are just like those other things. You, the things you, the, your rights are just like the things you think, the things you believe, your religious expression of them, so on and so forth. And you have those rights to the exclusion of every of every everyone else, and everyone else has the like advantage. In other words, he's saying property is a big deal. It's not just what you have. It's what you think, what you do with what you think, your quote-unquote intellectual property. It is also your religious expression, and it is, in fact, your rights. Let me read that word again, that sentence again. In a word, as a man is said to have a right to his property, 
he may be equally said to have a property in his rights. Right? This is a really important concept that has been completely lost in discussions about property. And in my opinion, the government is ta- governments at all levels are taking property rights w- with way too of a, um, a cavalier attitude, so to speak. I mean, they're just not being as protective of property rights as they should be. <clears throat> the last sentence in this little section. I thought this was important because here, here what Madison does in this last sentence is instruct future generations. He says, where an excess of power prevails, we are in an excess of power. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about that. Where an excess of power prevails, property of no sort is duly respected. In other words, when, an, when power is too strong, the government or the powers that be will not respect property. I think that's what's happening mm-hmm. now. At least that's the trend. Then he says, no man is safe in his opinions his person, his faculties, or his possessions. His, he didn't say no man is safe in his possessions. He said no man is safe in his opinions, in his very person. I put very in there. That's not Madison. In his person, his faculties, or his possessions. So what we think, who we are, our very being, how we use our minds, what we create with our minds, and what we have is all property in the American ideal. And we have a right to that property, to that, to that thing, uh, to all those things, I should say. So, you know what? Let's go to break. Okay. This is fascinating. And there is such an assault on this. Uh, and, um, and I don't know if we're going to get this totally unpacked in this okay. whole. We're, we may have to <laughs> do won't. another show on this, but we're going to go to break. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're talking with Roger Bianco and James Madison and property. And this is absolutely so important. So we'll be right back. Roger Bianco, we have you in studio. I can feel myself. I'm talking faster and faster because there's so much great information here. <laughs> We're talking about property. Yeah. There has been such an assault on property. And uh, I was going to – this just popped in my – the, the uh, amendment to the Constitution where we decided that we would tax income – I think was a real assault on property rights on the on the hard things, you know, yeah. because uh, if you to to actually tax and then a progressive tax where if you take more risk, maybe create more whatever that you get taxed even more. It's antithetical to the American idea. But but we're talking also. You wanted to make a, a point about intellectual property. Yeah, you know what we think, and we've seen sh- such an assault on that by this movement of I am offended. Yeah, I am being bullied. Um, you know, Molly and I used to, to laugh. It's when we were in eighth grade, you know, it's like I was bullied and I probably bullied as well under what the definition is now. I mean, yeah. kids being kids, we need to equip kids to be able to deal with those kinds of things. But now we've been moving to victimhood, but also being offended, which shuts down somebody else being able to give their opinion about things. So, yeah, and the issue extends to, you know, the bottom line is, is, is if we... If, if property, the idea, the American idea of property is laid out here by James Madison is not defended, rigorously defended, um, you get things like what happens up in Canada where pronouns, you have to use certain pronouns. I don't know if you uh, listen. I think it's James Peterson. Um, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Sorry, Jordan Peterson. Uh, podcast. He's a big thinker. He's mm-hmm. touring the world. And he's astonished and amazed at the response he's gotten. It's actually somewhat... Um, comforting that he's gotten this response because I think people intuitively know this. That there, that was, as I understand it, you have to use certain pronouns under penalty of law. In other words, 
your your words are, are a reflection of your thought, right? And so what they're trying to do is through words control thought, mm-hmm. which is a violation of your opinions, your person, your faculties, well, and your possessions because you possess your mind. And so it gets beyond the, the stuff that you have. Um, so the, the, and, and even in academic circles um, – yeah, that this is a big issue. My my uh, daughter and my wife and I were touring a campus in the Northwest, and the professor who was head of this genetics department, I think I'd mentioned this last time, she had mentioned, she uh, was was beside herself, and I don't think that if her and I sat and talked about politics, we would agree on much, but we would agree on this, and that she was beside herself that you can't even bring up certain discussion topics without a student saying, oh, you know, that that triggers me and I'm offended. And so then they cut it off. Now, that's not governmental abuse of property, but that's cultural abuse of property, which is a big problem, which lays the right politics is downhill from culture, downstream from culture. So government is now starting to, as you see in Canada, starting to violate the violate property rights by trying to control thought. Well, and an, a perfect example of this, and Nicole Martin was one of our speakers, and she was, wow, she knocked it out of the park on our Stanford, Colorado rally. And she uh, has was one of the attorneys for Jack Phillips in the Masterpiece Cake Shop. Great. And now you mentioned uh, certainly the property in your religious perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, where, where Jack came down on that. But I looked at it also a little differently. Yeah. And that is, is this, uh, that uh, culture and then government has started to redefine words. Yeah. In this case, the words marriage. Redefine words. And basically, government said to Jack and, and uh, bureaucrat said to, to Jack, which was the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which is appointed by... Um, Politicians, and again, I I think we need to reduce the number of commissions. Oh God, yes. you know, you know what? Because these are unelected bureaucrats; they're unanswerable to us. And this is a way for politicians then to push these decisions off that they want to have made, yeah. but then they don't have to have the political reality of being reelected for that. But anyway, so if what happened is government said, if you do not adhere to this new definition, then we are going to use the force of government to take your business. Yeah. And that's wrong. That is his property right. His religious expression is his property right. His his physical bake shop is his property right. What he does with it is his right. And I'm not saying that it's your right to discriminate, but but this is a question. I of, actually think the free market can figure it out. Yeah, the free market can figure it out. I remember um, in Indiana the similar thing about the pizzas. Did, did you remember right. this case? I do. Yeah. So I remember getting. I can't remember what the town was. Fishers, Indiana, or something like that. And so um, for those of you who don't remember, it was the. Uh, uh, same-sex wedding wanted uh, – the reception wanted to order pizzas, and a guy said, no, nah, I don't want to. Same reason why Jack mm-hmm. Phillips didn't want to build the cake and so – or make the cake. And so um, I just Googled pizza places in Fishers, and, and I got probably, I don't know, thousands upon thousands, a lot of duplicates. But there were at least scores of other places they could go get pizza. And, and you just kind of go, well, do, do, so, so now what you've created is this environment of competing rights, and this is inherently unhealthy. So is the property right, which was established as part of the American ideal with substance behind it and very important ideas, not it's not important just because it was used by the founders, but it's important why the founders used it and what property is or your right to get a pizza. Do you have a right to get a pizza? Do you have a right to get a pizza or do you have a right to your property? In my mind, the right to property is paramount. It is absolutely paramount and it is a hill we must die on. I mean, I I think there's no – but the problem is – we're violating this, right? The Kilo case, which established um, 
it, it, traditionally eminent domain is what's used, the tool that's used. And this is more of a physical property thing, but um, for something is used for public use. It usually was intended, I believe, to be temporary and, and to a degree militarily. Like I live on a hill in Douglas County and maybe they might want to use my my home as a as a as a base or, a, you know, fort in case we're being Attacked invaded or something. or something. I mean, this is all hypothetical and stuff, but that would be a legitimate use for pu- for public use. But what the Kilo decision did was extend it to public purpose. Well, goodness, the loaded word in there, obviously the shift from use to purpose. But the real word, I think, is the, the, the impact it has on the word public. Have you ever noticed that anyone who wants to nationalize something, whoever, whoever wants to discuss the virtues of a government action, just simply puts the word public in front of it? Public library. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders did it. One of his, um, one of his uh, campaign things, I think, in the uh, last election cycle in Indiana in front of the public library and the word public library. In other words, he's supposed to be you – know, th- th- there's a virtue there with something that is quote-unquote public or public school, right? They mm-hmm. just put public in front of something, and some people think that makes it virtuous. I actually think it makes it a monopoly, and it makes it, it – makes it, it, it lays down – if use of the word public lays down or clears the path for violating – property rights. It does. And from my time on city council, I saw that. And we're get, we're just about out of time. So can I, first of all, can I have you back? Sure. Why don't we do this again next month on, on property rights? What would you say that you'd like to have the, the big takeaway for today be, Roger, in this whole conversation that we've had? So I'd say it's number one, that the idea of property is timeless. And it, and it's not, not just because it was in the, at the founding, that's an inadequate uh, explanation, but that the reasons why property was there at the founding of the substance. And that is number one, that the idea of property goes beyond, or number two, I should say that the idea goes beyond your physical things. It goes to your religious expression. It goes to your, what's in your mind and what you create. And that's important because property can be used to try to control what you think. And that's com- profoundly wrong. Um, and then as you look at the trends, maybe we'll talk about this next time, but these public takings and the like, that, that folks is laying the groundwork, if not just outright violating your right to property. Because if they can take someone else's car for an unproven or arbitrary reason, they can do it to you too. And they can also try to control your thoughts. So that's it. Well, and uh, it's so interesting that uh, you actually – I gave my quote already today, James Madison, uh, I thought I would... Worth repeating. Okay, and he said, where an excess of power prevails, property of no sort is duly respected. No man is safe in his opinions, his person, his faculties, or his possessions. And we are seeing such an assault, and that was James Madison, fourth president of the United States. We are seeing such an assault on this by this quote-unquote being offended and... uh, and we will talk about this again, in, and that is is that I've seen the far left now. They take something that is good, something that we value, you know, like clean air and clean water, and then they're using that to just really uh, take other people's property. Yeah. The ironic thing is that that's the religious right really never did that, that I know of. It's, it's really interesting. It, it is very interesting. So, okay, we're going to get a date. We're going to have you back okay. in June.